When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Live and festive in the Publix Holiday Headquarters studio at WSB. The GOP debate this week targeted two kinds of Americans, believers and skeptics. Do you know which one you are? The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday, usually from 3 to 6, starting a little late today, but I will be on till 6. And what I wanted to do today was talk about the debate, the GOP debate on CNN on Tuesday, and I was going to give out Pinocchio Awards. But I'll tell you, after watching it straight through twice and reading the transcript, I was so overwhelmed by all of the, let's say, misinformation that was in there. I just, I didn't know where to start. But in doing it all, I did notice a pattern of of what I think was going on up there. So I'm not going to do the Pinocchio Awards, but I am going to tell you what roles it looks like these guys are playing and how it gave me really a big insight into what the real divide in this country is right now. And it was it was like an epiphany. It was a, a little beyond how I normally think. First of all, the debate was Tuesday night. It was nine people for the main stage event. Chris Christie, John Kasich, Ben Carson, Carly Fiorina, Marco Rubio, Jeb Bush, Ted Cruz, Donald Trump, and Rand Paul. Those are the guys up there. And I saw that some of them were appealing to the kind of mainstream, but some of them were trying to find a little niche in the kind of alternative outlook part of the audience. I think they realized with the Ron Paul revolution that there were a lot of people who were starting to kind of stray from the herd. So, and it made me realize that, that this, the country is becoming increasingly divided along those lines. So I always, you always kind of think, I think of politics since the beginning of civilization as basically being, left versus right. I, I, Plato was a collectivist and Aristotle was an individualist. The, the left likes the collectivism, the central planning, what's good for society, and the right tends towards this individualistic attitude, personal responsibility, that kind of thing. But then more recently, and very recently, Lou Rockwell, who founded Mises.org, a great Austrian economics portal, put it very succinctly. It's not left versus right. It's us versus them. And I do normally focus on that because that is the real power struggle. But it seems to me that the really the most important divide for where it all comes out is this developing divide between two ways of really seeing how the world really works. 
on the one hand, you have people who, and I would say this is the majority of voters, even though the majority of voters, the majority of people say, I don't trust the government, I have no faith in the government, I don't trust the media. It's always a really sizable majority of people who say that. When push comes to shove, they're, most people, I think, really believe that the, the media, the government would not be able to get away with actually false facts that that the the events that you are being told in the news in the national big syndicated news is true because they just couldn't get away with it they couldn't keep a lid on it that that somebody would sue them or whatever so they they really believe in the facts they know the media is biased they know the government can't be trusted but they just don't think uh they could get away with wholesale made up stuff those are the believers now, I, on the other hand, and an increasing number of people, from what I can tell, are skeptics. They think that that you that they actually don't tell the truth, and and actually came up in the debate when Chris Christie had uh, was talking about the L.A. school closing. There was a threat against the L.A. schools and a threat against the New York schools. New York didn't close the schools; L.A. did. But the L.A., it was all found out later to be a hoax, a total hoax. But that didn't stop Chris Christie, who may or may not have known that it was a hoax at the time. But he was really pounding his message home during the debate. And the thought occurred to me, and Rand Paul actually brought it up, that Chris Christie's gang closed down the George Washington Bridge under false pretenses for political revenge. It was beyond a hoax. It was vengeance. And think of all the suffering it caused, real abuse of power. But the media reported it as whatever reason they told the media it was about. And that media wouldn't even think to try to find the real truth. The government told them they, they report it. And I think that's how the media works a lot. And I was digging into it a little bit, and I I've discovered that the BBC is the largest broadcaster of news in the world, and it's owned by the British government. So you think of it as an independent outlet, but it's no different really from Pravda. It's just simply government-owned. Ours isn't government-owned, but I, there's enough in the background that uh, they cooperate with the government. And I think political candidates as well as the media don't want to stray too far from the, the pack. But the, I believe the Republican establishment understands that they need these skeptics, these these people on the right, traditional conservatives, libertarians, uh, civil libertarians, anybody on the right who is skeptical of these official narratives, they need to keep them in the tent. And then they saw what happened with Ron Paul. There was there was some real uh, division within the Republican community. And they need not not because they really, in my opinion, really, really want the votes I actually kind of educated myself on on voter rights by going to voterga.org. It's a it's a voter a Georgia voters rights advocacy organization. It's a good website. Has some good stuff on it and it made me realize that if you can't see the ballots, if you don't cast the ballot on a piece of paper into a box and and can stay there until the box is opened and the ballots are counted, you really don't know for sure if if the vote was legit, you're really just having faith in government. And I, I really don't have that faith. But it is clear to me that in order to even 
even if there's funny business going on, you still have to have people believe that the majority candidate is winning. So you couldn't have like David Duke win the presidency as people would know that 50% of the voters did not vote for him. So you would have to make sure that that there is some sense of consensus within the establishment. And I don't actually really even think that all the guys up on that stage are like in on it, that they all like get their scripts and and read from them. I think that they they are they know what they're there for. They know what their strength is. They have their recommendations. I just read an article about Ted Cruz using uh, psychometric targeting data. I don't know, like a psychologist team of psychologists tells them what different personality types will respond to different policy positions and um, tones of voice, and they tailor their messages to those different kinds of people. I think these guys are sophisticated enough to know where their niche is, and they they go for it. So you see people like Chris Christie, whose niche is scaring you. <laughs> you know, he was, I'm going to play clips of him later because out of context, it sounds crazy. It's like, they're going to get you. They're going to get you in your house. They're going to get you at your school. You can't leave your kids at school without worrying about their safety. I mean, he literally said, Americans are scared to death. It's like, okay, that's his thing. And then John Kasich was like, I'm the soft and cuddly guy. And I just, I got to tell you, I don't see any other course of action but to kill a lot of people as soon as possible. I mean, he was talking about troops on the ground, punching Russia in the nose. It was really aggressive. And Rubio was getting into the foreign policy. All these guys were going with the official narrative in their own way to get... uh, uh, push what's a consistent policy across the board. More war, more surveillance. But a couple of candidates stood out, Cruz and Trump, as questioning the official narrative, as saying things like maybe taking out secular Arab leaders and making way for al-Qaeda is not the best thing for national security. Maybe we need to focus on the real problems. But then even they got down to, but we need more war and more surveillance. And I don't even think they're like trying to manipulate us for the bigger picture. I think they, it's quite plausible that they see the niche. They want to access that niche, get the support of that niche, but they can't go too far from the Republican establishment or they will, uh, they will alienate the establishment and really be shut out. Now, there is a candidate who is not afraid of alienating the, the establishment. Rand Paul, obviously, he, he actually started losing me for a while because I thought he was kind of doing that where he was going to go hook, line, and sinker for the establishment. But I think he realizes that's not going to work. And he's backing off a little bit. But what he said in his opening uh, remarks had more truth in it than all the other guys combined. So I have high hopes for Rand Paul coming back. But I want to tell you, uh, I'm going to break it down more specifically, play some clips, read you some quotes of what they actually said, and try to connect the dots of what I think their their purpose was and how I think they're really uh, afraid of the people who think outside the box. And m- maybe, I mean, do you think that I'm right? There is a growing body of skeptics? Or is it just Rand Paul and I 
uh, on the fringes. If you're a skeptic, call 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to take some calls next and then play some clips for you from the debate. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am the Libertarian Voice on WSB, and I've been talking about the GOP debate, and I think... Sometimes libertarians also are skeptics of the mainstream news because it is so colored by the left-right paradigm. But most people, I think, still think the basic facts come across even in the mainstream news. And I'm really a skeptic of that. I, I don't trust anything that they say is from an anonymous source or this or that. And I'm just wondering if I'm alone in that. Give me a call, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to John and Alfreda. John, you're on with Monica. Hey, Monica. How you doing? Hi, John. Good. How are you? I'm doing well. I just kind of had a comment. I have been listening to what you're saying about skepticism. And, I, you know, I feel like the older generations are so being used to being told what to do and then doing it without kind of asking why are we doing that. And the, the younger generations, especially with this presidential election and Donald Trump not being a politician, kind of just creates a new form of thought and ideas, just using him as an example into future generations going on, and in skepticism of being, just asking different questions and not, you know, just kind of going with it, you know, point by point. Would you, let me ask you, John, though, you sound like a young, of the younger generation, not the older generation. So with Trump, I'm so skeptical, I see what he's doing and i feel like there's something wrong with it like what me not wrong with him but that the media is playing into what they say they hate but they're giving him tons of airtime i mean i wonder what's really going on behind the scenes maybe it's a new kind of reality show like the truman show where they don't even tell you it's a reality show you know what i'm <laughs> saying i realize that's really out there no, I agree completely, and I understand what you're saying. I mean, it is, he gets so much, you know, attention, and it doesn't make any sense, you know, why? It doesn't when they say that, whereas if you look at Ron Paul or Rand Paul, they hate what those guys say, and they don't discuss them at all. And he's got great points, and he brings up really valid solutions and ideas Who? that's coming up. Rand Paul? Yes. But, and, and he just gets cut off in every single debate. It's just like, okay, well, you said something. Well, let's move on to Donald Trump, who has nothing else to say. And even, even when Rubio in this debate was this week was going on and on about all these like really sophisticated background story of everything that goes on in the Middle East, and Rand Paul said that's factually incorrect, which it was. And they didn't even say, oh, just a minute. They were just like moving on. And I was like, how could you not care about that? I, and exactly, like you said, the facts. You know, the facts are always going to be there. The facts are always going to be present. It's just if they want to, you know, move the media eye onto the actual facts, then, you know, we'll get somewhere. But I have a quick question for you, John. Of, of course. I'm going to go on to, I, I have to take a break. So let me, uh, tell me how you think you find the facts. Um, you know, it's, you have to dig yourself. That's all yeah. I have to say. Yep. I totally agree. You have to really, I say you have to read it all. There's lots of fake information out there and you have to assess the credibility of the source and the plausibility of the story. So if you look at it one way, 
and it doesn't make sense and unless it's got a lot of evidence you got to move on but i do that with the mainstream media also 404-872-0750 1-800-WSB talk this is monica perez live and festive in the public's holiday headquarters studio at wsb you got me excited because this would truly be both an adventure and a learning experience Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. I am the Libertarian Voice on WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. I am on till 6, although I started a little late. We're talking about the debate, the GOP debate, but with a little bit of a different twist. I noticed something about these GOP candidates that I felt they were each playing a role. They were each trying to appeal oh my gosh something just occurred to me they were trying to appeal to like the different personality types and i was just talking about an article i read i just didn't piece it together that cruz ted cruz has psychologists or he's compiling has some very big research companies compiling psychometric data on his audience on his target uh constituents and and also he's collecting data i think it's going to be worth big money when he's finished with this but that identifies people by personality type, calls them neurotic or givers or stoic traditionalists. And some stuff is kind of insulting or whatever, but he tailors his messages, his emails, his phone calls, people going door to door to how those, the data on these people flag them. And I just realized when I look at all the people who were on stage, they were all a, uh appealing to different people rubio was appealing to the intellectual which with his in-depth analysis of foreign policy christie was really trying to scare the crap out of everybody it was really scary <laughs> like he was just like they're gonna get you carly fiorina was the angry white woman she actually started the debate saying i'm angry and it and hillary does that too it's really it is a little over the top and a little bit scary and then Kasich was always like the positive guy. I liked him. He reminded me of Reagan in that he was always talking positive, keep things growing, everybody will be happy. And he's like, hey, I was trying to be positive, but I feel like we need to escalate war and increase surveillance. And I was like, okay, but with a big smile. And Ben Carson, I think, is just a true believer, an honest guy. You look at him and you believe what he's saying. The problem is he believes what they're telling him. So he's a great conduit for the party line and he just thinks everybody does their job the way he does his job which is he looks at the problem he tries to solve it and i just don't think that's really how it works but they were all each trying to appeal to different people and i felt like cruz and trump were trying to appeal to the skeptics the people who don't believe the official narratives but still cruz and trump were on the reservation saying we do need more war and more surveillance but not because Assad needs to go, but because ISIS is out of control. Only Rand Paul really seemed to me to have his own thoughts on the matter and thoughts that, in my experience, go with what uh, the truth is. If you dig a little deeper, I think that you'll you will agree that Rand Paul's that has the truth. So I'm going to play. Uh, a couple of lines from his opening remarks that really I felt contained more truth than what everybody else said combined. Let's hear Rand Paul. Regime change hasn't won. Toppling secular dictators in the Middle East has only led to chaos and the rise of radical Islam. I think if we want to defeat terrorism, I think if we truly are sincere about defeating terrorism, 
we need to quit arming the allies of ISIS. That's the bottom line. I was looking up. I always try to look back at the, I think there are seven tenets of a just war. And the first tenet is war has to be a last resort. You have to always look for nonviolent answers. And I think stopping arming the allies of ISIS who just give the arms to ISIS is a, is a, a moral m- must. So, I, and I was kind of, Went moved away from Rand Paul. I didn't know why he was saying stuff that seemed a little too hawkish. He really seems to be getting into lockstep with the establishment. And I wondered if he was doing it because he really decided, hey, I want power. Or if he was doing it because he thought my dad's purist approach didn't work. Maybe if I compromise, the establishment will take me seriously. And now I think he realizes that isn't going to work. And I believe that he's returning to his principle. But I want to hear what you have to say. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to Will in Atlanta. Will, you're on with Monica. Hey, Monica. How are you doing today? Good. How are you doing? Well, I'll tell you what. I'm I'm a little bit angry, like, uh, the arena. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I started following politics, I guess, eight years ago when Ron Paul ran. And yeah. You know, looking at looking at the debates back then, he was really the only candidate who stood up and told the truth. You know, he was a candidate who was kind of enlightening. He educated people when he spoke. Yes. And that's kind of what I look for nowadays. And, you know, it angers me because I see candidates four years ago and, and even this year. Uh, you know, I, I feel like they're all just pushing a party agenda. It seems worse really... than ever, doesn't it? It it does. I feel like no one really has anything factual to say. I don't know if it was this last debate or the one before, but I believe Rubio and and Chris Christie got talking about where ISIS came from, and it was the most it it was the most unfactual yeah. thing I've ever it was heard. It's just a made up story, a made up story. And that's why I was going to do the Pinocchio thing, but I just was, <laughs> uh, I was bumped, I was overwhelmed. Let me tell you what I think happened and what's happening. Now that you talk about Ron Paul, I think what happened with Ron Paul took the establishment by surprise. I remember when he ran only against Romney in Virginia, in Virginia, <laughs> that's that where DC is oh, yeah. in Virginia. He ran just against Romney and he got 40% of the vote. So, so he, I think he took the establishment by surprise and they're like, never again. And they, so they recognize that people can't dedicate their lives to figuring out the truth of everything. They just want to go with someone who rings a bell. That at least sounds right. And I think that's what Cruz and Trump are trying to exploit when people are just like, Hey, wait, I know that ISIS story isn't right because those guys contradicted it a little bit, but then they went to the same conclusion, but we do have to carpet bomb ISIS. You know, even if thousands of innocent children were killed, did you? That was one one line from and, one of the moderators. And you know, anyone who who looks at where ISIS came from, and the only one up there who knows is is Rand Paul, or he's the only one. Yeah, some of them know, us. some of them don't. In my opinion, he knows, and he says, really, he says as much as he can say. I think. Yeah, I mean, I and that's what I look for in a candidate. I mean, someone who's not necessarily going to push the party's agenda because. I mean, looking back on the last eight years, the Republicans really have the same foreign policy as the Democrats. They're making oh, yeah. a ton of money on war, yeah. so let's push war. Let's get a candidate who's going to, you but know, do, fight do you think these guys who the, we've created and 
and continue this trend. Yeah, but I feel like Rand Paul did say, okay, I'm going to be that candidate, but I have to be inside what they call the Overton window, the <laughs> amount, the, the issues that voters can deal with. You can't take yeah. too extreme a position. So he tried to do that, and I think the establishment proved that they are not accepting anyone who isn't pushing that big war, big state, big surveillance agenda. I think they are, will be absolutely marginalized. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think at the end of the day, you know, no matter how, how many of these Republican candidates say they, they want to stick by the core Republican beliefs of a, a smaller government, that it, it's just impossible to work in with what the Republican establishment has, has built. That's you know, right. They, and I, I think they say uh, that they're, they're for small governments, but that it's just trying to convince us. And compared to the Democrats, it looks like they are. But they engage in all sorts of horse trading with the welfare and this and that so that they can have their warfare. It's like a big party there. That we have, at least Rand brought it back to the to problem of debt. We have all this debt, the most productive society in human history. Why would we have debt? It makes no sense at all, except for, I actually think debt is the purpose, that the banks are really the most powerful kind of institutions in the world, but even not, even if it's just a party of welfare and warfare, yay, that's why the founders compromised with the libertarian position. Let's just have neither. But I, I want to get to more calls, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to Steve in Fayetteville. Hi, Steve. You're on with Monica. Hello, Monica. Uh, I'm an old radio guy that came from the 1985-86 era. And... Uh, Back in that era, we had uh, two sources of news. You had the AP and the UPI. UPI went bankrupt in 1985, and we would go, I was in the news department, we'd go pull the wire and make our news broadcast, and you had two different versions. You had the Associated Press and the UPI. When UPI went bankrupt, all we had until Fox News came up was the Associated Press. And what about, like, and, Reuters and Bloomberg? Uh, they're still... They're pulling the AP stories, you think? Yeah, they do. They pull the AP stories. In fact, for the last year, what I have done is you've got two major news broadcasts. One comes on at 6.30 on a channel. The other one comes on at 7 o'clock, and it's national news. For the last year, I have religiously watched both those. It's the same story. Oh, time. Steve, you have to watch. Last week after the show... Uh, a uh, listener, Johnny, posted or sent to me, and I posted on my Facebook, this hilarious prank that Conan O'Brien played on the media where they sent sent out a press release where he said, uh, looks like Conan O'Brien is about to push the envelope. And it must have been 20 different news reports used the exact same wording, about to pull, push the envelope, every single one of them, which said to me, they just pulled that thing. And if that, if that off the ticker, if they pull a news story and it comes from the government or Conan O'Brien or whatever, they just read it. That's it. I mean, that's what we did in the news department. We would go into the ticker, pull it off, Sit down and read it. But wasn't there a time when there were there were bureaus in different countries where they actually sent you, like you had reporters out there? Is that is that long gone? That was back before. That would have been in the seventies when we had bureaus that yeah. were out that would do it and do that. Uh, believe me, I'm a I'm a hard believer in the uh, creature from Jekyll Island that book 
and also Orwell's 1984. Did you, let me ask you this, though, because it's on point. Did you ever hear of Operation Mockingbird? Uh, no. Huh? All right. It's Can in the congressional like record. It? It's just because of the timing in the 70s. There was a congressional investigation that the CIA was running an operation where they cooperated with the big five newspapers in the country. I think the Washington Post was like the nucleus of it. And they had an agreement that they the government would allow embedded reporters, if the reporters allow the government to uh, neutralize whatever screen, censor the news without oh, yeah. mentioning it. And I'm, in my view, that problem has gotten worse, not better. The hearings happened, but it just went underground to the point where... I don't think you're getting any independent news. Oh, indeed. You made a comment earlier a while ago about the banks. Uh, the Federal Reserve, the banking systems own everything. They control government. We d- we do not control And what about the, the IMF? The IMF brings small, poor countries to their knees on a regular basis and then absorbs the country's resources to pay interest that like libya i think if i'm not mistaken uh, the imf was pushing a loan onto libya which has the best oil in the world they should not need to take loans but exactly the system works where where it and that's when i've just gotten to a level of cynicism where when i read about what really happened in benghazi and libya and how hillary was just pushing that war even at, even though it made no sense and Gaddafi was willing to step down i thought man is it as simple as just Getting the resources, I mean, at least at least have bad ideology, not just more money. More of this conversation, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK, or you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. I have a McDonald's weekend prize pack for you. A family four-pack of tickets to an upcoming Atlanta Gladiators game at the Infinite Energy Arena. And a pair of tickets to see Sticks with special guests 38 Special and Don Felder, formerly of the Eagles, on Sunday, May 15th at Verizon Wireless Amphitheater at Encore Park. First person to call 404-741-0750 gets that prize pack. And I just... Wanted to add one more thing before I move on past Rand Paul. At the top of the hour, I'm going to play some really over-the-top audio from Chris Christie at the debate. I, I mean, if you take it out of context, you can just see it as unabashed fear-mongering from a very uh, top-rung political manipulator, I might add. So I want you to tune in, stay tuned for that. But as far as Rand Paul, I was saying how I wondered if he was just after the power when he started compromising with the Republicans. Now I think that he realizes there is no compromise. They really just want somebody who will ultimately carry their water. And he's, I believe, not going to do that. He's made that clear. But what he can do, what I hope he does do by maintaining his Senate seat and really beginning to fill the shoes of his father or walk the path of his father is what uh, what I say is keep the remnant alive. I've mentioned this word before. It's in my glossary, MonicaPerezShow.com glossary. The remnant is are the people who know, care about the truth of things, about real values, and just keep those ideas alive, even in a totally pathological society until the time comes where they're needed or even just for our own satisfaction to explain it to our kids. 
So I think that that's probably where Rand Paul is headed, I'm happy to say. And I've been also talking about how I really don't believe a lot of the facts on the media, but I want to know if you're the same, how do you get your facts? Give me a call, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Tell me how you feel you find the truth. Under the water, carry the water. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.